Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Dirt Radio on 3CR 855 AM. Today you're joined by myself, Elise Cunningham, from the Sustainable Cities Collective at Faux Melbourne. And I'd like to start today by acknowledging that I am joining you today from the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Eastern Kulin Nation. Sovereignty has never been ceded. Um, and I want to pay respect to Elders past, present, emerging and all First Nations peoples listening to this call today and joining me in the interview today. Um, it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And as we grapple with the outcome of Saturday's referendum, it's important that we continue solidarity with the grassroots campaigns that are continuing across the country and defending country on the front lines. And today I'll be joined by some incredible guests to talk about a current campaign and an upcoming rally this Sunday in Warrnambool to defend the Southern Ocean against seismic blasting proposals in search of new oil and gas, which threaten whale song lines and precious ocean ecosystems. Uh, one of those guests will be Zoe Britton, a PhD candidate in marine science at a local Warrnambool university. Um, and the other guest will be Yaren Cousins Bundle, a Gunditjmara, Yuan and Bidjara woman, whale dreaming custodian on her Gunditjmara bloodline and a founder of the Southern Ocean Protection Embassy Collective, or SOPEC. And SOPEC have been staunchly fighting to stop seismic blasting of sea country. Yaren is also one of the contributors of the latest edition of FOE's national magazine, Chain Reaction, titled Chain Reaction, Strong Black Resistance, which features all First, Nat all First Nations contributors who are resisting extractivism, rejecting green capitalism and caring for country. Thank you both so much for joining me. Um, I'll just start by asking how you're both doing. Have we got you yes. there on the line? Ah. We do. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Oh, good. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Thank you both so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to um, this interview to talk about this really crucial and um, urgent campaign and the and the rally happening this Sunday in Warrnambool. Um, my first question is for you, Yaren, if you'd be happy to um, give our listeners a bit of a background into SOPEC and this campaign. Um, how, how did it form and how long has it been going on for? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, Nyata, good morning, everybody. Um, and hey, Zoe. Um, I just wanted to, um, yeah, firstly acknowledge the land that I'm speaking from today, Konkoponot um, speaking country um, in the Warrnambool area, Angunitsmara um, country, and um, just pay my respects to... Uh, my ancestors and my family clans, um, you know, they're giving me a lot of strength for this fight. Um, 
So SOPEC was formed um, a few years ago um, by myself. Um, you know, I was thinking, what um, what are we going to do um, against these international gas companies that, um, you know, fill the line the pockets of individuals at the um, cost of people's sacred sites? Hmm. And, um, yeah, so I, I come up with SOPEC. Um, I'm, it's a little bit Sea Shepherd inspired um, for some of the work that they did in the campaigns in the Southern Ocean to protect whales. Um, so they were a big inspiration. Um, you know, Captain Paul Watson and the, the crews that went down there and put their lives on the line for the... Um, um, which is our sea country family. And um, so the reason that, um, you know, we can't let this fly, well, there's many reasons why we can't let them get away with the destruction that they're doing um, is because the Gunditjmara people, um, you know, right across the southwest coast from um, Anglesey right west, um, along the Great Ocean Road, along Gadapunod country there, right um, up to around, very close to the South Australian border, um, is that's the span of Gunditjmara country along the southwest coast of Victoria. And, um, yeah, we wanted to be um, a last stand, um, you know, like an embassy collective um, that is sort of like a last stand for sea country. Um, and we invite, you know, mob and allies and everyone to be part of this important collective in saving southern sea country. Um, thank you so much for for sharing. That's that's a cool background. I didn't I didn't know um, that there was the Sea Shepherd Inspo there, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, Zoe, my next question is for you. If you can um, tell us, you know, how how does seismic blast how does seismic blasting impact um, marine ecosystems from from your um, scientific perspective? Yeah, so I guess we um, came into the situation. We attended, myself and some other students, one of the community consultations for one of these oil and gas companies, and we were really taken aback by the way in which they are misrepresenting the data and the research supporting the safety of seismic testing. Um, we know that there is just a whole ecosystem impact. Stuff that might be a bit more obvious to people with no scientific background, like how blasting incredibly loud sound can impact other mammals, whales or seals that may have hearing similar to us. Mm. Of course, that's going to be really off-putting and painful for them to be around. But we're actually seeing it right down at the very building blocks of life. I'm actually a seaweed researcher and seaweed, like so many other species, like crayfish and abalone, when they breed, they release all these little babies into the water column that swirl around, they spawn, that's how next generation is developed. Seismic testing is actually so loud that the research shows it has the ability to explode these little babies, the microscopic babies swimming around in the water. So there is potential to have generational impacts on these really foundational species in the ecosystem where we're wiping out entire generations. 
And how this is being framed by these companies is that, well, there's no data, there's no research to prove there will be harm. That research hasn't been done. And to that, we sort of push back and say, okay, you don't know that there's harm, but you don't know that it's safe either. And why is the burden of risk then being placed on local communities and environments? And the fact that they say there's no data is also false. In the scientific community, we're finally waking up and sort of shutting up and listening and recognising the huge depth of understanding and connection Indigenous people have to their lands and waters. They have a level of understanding that even the best scientific research could only wish for over such an incredibly long time and such a depth. And if the Indigenous people are saying this is not safe on our country, that is data. Mm. That is data. And that's something that we need to follow and listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this seems to be, yeah, there's so much history of like these same kind of incidences occurring where colonisers haven't listened to First Nations peoples about, you know, what's going on with country and with the land, like, I remember this story about um, an early sort of colonial scientist who refused to believe that platypus lay eggs Um, and then he got his whole career debunked when when it was proven that they in fact do. So, Yeah, um, and we know that um, like the depth of knowledge Good and Shemara people have, you know, the longest ongoing culture in the world. At um, the university I'm at, a lot of our marine science is actually led by traditional knowledge in both um, with the culturally important eel species down here and as well as my research in seaweed. Because there's a species science doesn't know very much about, we're actually being led by that traditional knowledge. That's awesome. Awesome to hear. Um, Yaren, could you tell us a bit more about, you know, how about your perspective on this as a whale custodian um, and the threats that seismic blasting poses to Gunditjmara culture and country? Yeah, um, well, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you to Zoe and her team for doing this amazing work and, you know, really listening to um, the knowledges that are there um, and the people that are, you know, really... Um, at the forefront of sharing that knowledge. Um, but, yeah, the the risk to our Gunditjmara whale songline country is huge. Um, there's, you know, one of the last, well, the last recorded and protected whale, nurse, southern right whale nursing site um, that's known as Logan's Beach in Warrnambool. Um, but... Our, our Blackfella knowledge is tell us that there are a few more um, specific birthing sites across our country and nursing and carving sites. And um, we also um, are privileged to have um, Woolock, the blue whale, um, come at a certain time of the year um, as part of their extended feeding grounds in the Southern Ocean. And... Um, then we have, you know, the significance of, like, the little fairy penguins on Penguin Island. We have Kuyang, the short-finned eel, um, and they're that migratory species that um, migrate through the Southern Ocean. We have the, um, you know, the Cape Brook, Bridgewater and Dean Mar um, seal colonies. And 
yeah, we have so many important um, cultural connections and, you know, responsibilities to care for sea country and the, the cultural significance of our whale dreaming songline, um, you know, is really, is highly regarded um, by my people and my elders and um, also, you know, extends to most of the other saltwater nations around Australia. Um, so it's quite significant. And um, what the seismic blasting, you know, will be basically, yeah, attacking the foundations of the ocean, you know, all the little planktons, the southern rock lobsters, um, right up to Woolock, um, the largest creature. And, and yeah, it's against our law to... Um, basically be greedy, um, to go above and beyond the amount of what, you know, we only ever took what was needed and we had that reciprocal relationship with country that we always gave back whatever we take. We always find a way to, you know, give back to that part of country and care for that part of country. And so, you know, on the land we had the um, cultural burning um, and on the ocean, we had, you know, sea country farming and there would be specific areas that specific families would care for. Um, and, you know, we're, we're just amazed that, you know, they want a seismic blast, um, an area, you know, something like the 55 million um, hectares of sea country um, and that's just one of the companies, you know, for the largest seismic blasting project in the world. And, you know, that's just staggering. And mm. so we think that, you know, we're, we're living by um, our birthrights and those cultural connections and responsibilities. Um, and that's one of the reasons that, you know, we're taking on this fight is that the, the government has let us um, down um, left us high and dry. Um, basically, you know, I, I believe there is a huge um, affiliation with the government and the mining industry. And there, you know, and this time, um, you know, considering what happened last weekend, um, we're, we're still not being listened to. And, you know, we're, we're ready to basically fight them all um, and occupy sea country to save this significant, unique um, connection that we have here in the Southern Ocean. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think, Yaron, what you say about their framing, like, so they will often say things like, oh, we've seismic tested here before, but mm. no, never to this size, never in this exact area, never to this close to shore. And when talking about governments letting us down, this entire process for them is a why, when and how. Mm -hmm. It's not an if. So the community consultation, if we have a blanket opposition, they don't have to consider it because mm -hmm. all they're doing is figuring out how this will go ahead. And consultation is not consent, but that's how it's been framed. We can't have any data or any connection that can override this going ahead, which to me makes me think, well, 
is this even consultation? Mm-hmm. Is this even data-driven if it's all just about when and how? And this is a this is a classic thing that um, decision-makers will do is call something a consultation when really they're just telling the community what they're going to do and don't really leave much room for choice. But, you know, that's why it's so, so important that... Um, we all show up in solidarity and and join in Gundjmara to protect sea country um, at the weekend. Um, I'm just going to play a couple of community service announcements now, and then uh, we'll come back and maybe delve a bit deeper into the flaws in that consultation process. So um, we'll be back, listeners, in just a couple of minutes. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Three CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. Three CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers, and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at Three CR. To find out more, go to three cr.org.au and get in touch. Welcome back. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR 855 AM with Elise Cunningham interviewing Zoe Britton and Yaren Cousins Bundle about an upcoming rally this Sunday in Warrnambool and a campaign to protect Southern Ocean Sea Country. Um, So yeah, let's talk more about the consultation process and the flaws in that. Maybe I'd like to talk to both of you about it, but maybe Yaren, if you want to share first sort of... um, yeah, what you what the flaws were from your perspective, and uh, were you were you like, what's the consultation process been like for yourself and for for Gundijmara people? Yeah, thank you, because um, it's a great point to touch on that. Um, their whole process is deliberately confusing, mm. and they have you know these um, basically gammon community consultations that. Um, like you mentioned before, there um, an if and when um, and how, not um, a no. Mm-hmm. And my argument is that um, not a single one of these companies actually understand us as a people to be able to consult with us um, genuinely. Yeah. And they don't understand our law or our connection. And they shouldn't be able to make um, overbearing decisions on what they think it is. It should be a genuine, um, you know, two-way street. Um, but unfortunately, it's a ticker box process for, for these guys to make it look like they're doing the right thing 
and you know the the body, um, the regulatory body, not FEMA, um, you know, basically to go along with them. Um, and I think it's unlawful for them to um, basically promote any environment plan or approve any environment plan based on the fact that um, they, you know, have consulted appropriately with us because they will never be able to um, follow through with that process um, until they understand what they're dealing with. And it's the same thing when it comes to um, the marine research. Um, as far as I know, um, they're all... The research that's been done has all been paid for by the companies themselves. There's no independent experts being brought into this, um, you know, whole consultation and and research and understanding about the damage that they're doing. Um, so when they don't understand our law, our connection to it, and what they're actually destroying, um, you know, on a scientific level as well. Um, the whole process should be um, named unlawful and seismic testing should be banned um, because it's blasting um, into the ocean and it's directly affecting our our whale um, family, our ocean kin. And, um, you know, that's one of the main reasons that we're, we're fighting to make sure that the seismic blasting doesn't scare away... Um, those family from coming back, following their songlines and their migratory pathways to come back. And, you know, it's um, intrinsically entwined with the birth of Gunditch Mara um, children. You know, so how can they basically put a, a stop on um, our creation songline and the you know, connection for the new generations, the future generations of Gunditjmara children. It's um, absolutely disgusting. And, yeah, I think it's it's way more than flawed. It's corrupt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, and yeah, how can they, how can they ever possibly understand the, the depth and scope of what this means um, for Gunditjmara people? And, um, Zoe, I was wondering if you, yeah, do you have anything to sort of add about your views on the consultation process from the scientific perspective as well? Yeah, it was really interesting for us. We went to the consultation kind of just hoping to hear a bit about, you know, their approach. And we were so taken aback by what they were showing, what research they were saying sort of claimed it was safe, that we ended up, you know, being locked in a sort of two-hour back and forth with the company. And we're just seeing so much stuff that it almost feels deliberately misleading because if you did not have a scientific background, you might not pick up on it. For example, all bony fish... They have only looked at five species all from the Northern Hemisphere and extrapolating that to all bony fish. In their environmental plans, seaweed is not mentioned once at all. In fact, when we brought it up, there was sort of questioning why, which just shows complete naivety to the reproductive cycle and the importance of seaweed down here 
in the Great Southern Ocean. They also don't have any real research backing up inverted impacts on invertebrates. When they speak of whales, they talk about, you know, making sure whales don't get too close or things like that. When we know from the scientific evidence that whales communicate with each other and being such a high-order mammal, having such cognitive abilities, being so smart, we know that whale migration routes changed with whaling. The whales that were never even exposed, literally the whales who were exposed to whaling, told other whales to also avoid that area. Mm. So, you know, them presenting, oh, we would make sure we avoid as whales as we can. It's just not accurately representing what we know about all of these different species. And we were very taken aback by that because unless you know the research, it kind of can sound good enough, but it really, really isn't whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, but they're going to, you know pick and choose what they want to represent as, you know, the data that could represent this issue. But obviously they leave out, conveniently leave out <laughs> um, the the truth, really, and, and yeah. so many things. Yeah. And when we brought up, you know, you can't say that you don't have data to support that it's safe for that species, they would just say, well, you don't have data to support it's harmful, mm. which they claim to go through these processes under the idea of the precautionary principle, which is, you know, you're always acting with caution, wanting to do the least harm. Mm. But if they have that attitude, that does not seem in line with the precautionary principle to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Now we've got a few minutes left, so I just wanted to um, wrap up the interview by talking about what the community response has been um, and yeah, how listeners can, can support the campaign other than, of course, coming along to the rally on Sunday at 2pm um, at Warrnambool Breakwater. Um, what else can p- the listeners do to support the campaign? Um, maybe, Yaren, if you want to answer first. Yeah, um, we definitely want to see um, as many supporters um, come down to Gunnachmara country to Warrnambool this Sunday and um, really send a message to um, them and the government that, you know, this is unacceptable. There's more people power on this side of, um, you know, against seismic blasting and and why we're against it. And I believe this fight, you know, is, is winnable. Um, and, you know, reference to Fight for the Bite, um, they... They shut down um, huge companies uh, from doing very similar activities. Um, and, you know, we just want to let people know that, um, you know, we need to be able to fulfil our cultural responsibilities um, and that includes, that is mostly um, caring for country, you know, um, and giving back. We don't have this takeaway um connection we have this reciprocal kinship relationship that you know is ongoing um colonization hasn't broken that because you know the same um blood that was massacred from our country 
um, you know, is the same blood that's flowing strong now in all of our younger generations. And, um, you know, we we hope that, um, you know, the wider community and the nation will recognise that we're doing this um, for everyone's place of belonging. This is a huge um, environmental concern um, as well as those cultural connections that we need to maintain and... Yeah, so we ask the community to stand with us um, and help support, um, you know, SOPEC. We, you know, campaigns cost money, so any donations are greatly appreciated. But that's secondary to, you know, what um, we can do on the ground in community. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we can um, have the film screenings and the panels and all the information out there um, so that, you know, the misinformation of those um, consultation processes aren't um, getting in the way of the actual truth. Yeah. Um, and that's really important, um, yeah, that this corrupt process is exposed and, you know, that we protect this pristine southern coastline um, and the Great Southern Reef and we just really hope that people understand we're there for, you know, everyone, the surfers, the fishermen, you know, the swimmers, mm. and, and we're the voice for Kuntabu and, and our ocean kin and all of those um, species that call the Southern Ocean home. And these companies, they just, they have no right. Mm. And Sorry yeah, to sorry to cut you off, Yaren, but we're going to have to wrap it up because I got to I got thirty seconds left and then got to get out of the studio. But thank you so much both for joining. Um, and up next we got Billabong Beats, so stick around. And thanks so much to Yaren and Zoe for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Thank, thank you so you much. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Buruk.